Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, what do you say we get into it? Uh, I'll tell you what. I don't really know where to begin on this, but I'm going to do my best, and my apologies for the sound of my voice. I'm in a hotel room right now, and uh, I don't want to be too loud, but not to mention, I don't know when I get kicked out of this place. I don't know when checkout is. Either way, um, I wanted to bring up the school board meeting from the Oxford Community School District in Michigan. The reason, of course, that I didn't make mention of this earlier and basically tell people that I was going to go there and attempt to give a speech was simply because I didn't want to alert a number of different people and I didn't want them to, to keep me from showing up. But you've got to understand, too, that in this school district, like many these days, when you show up to speak, of course, you have to sign in. But I, you know, I basically just didn't want them to keep me out. If they bothered to look me up in the future, or somebody caught wind of me actually going to speak there, I, I just didn't want them to do that. So I didn't want to give them any leverage. Either way, I knew exactly what I was doing, and I knew that I was walking right into the belly of the beast. And frankly, um, if I had to, again, make a comparison, I'm going to keep bringing up The Matrix as an example. You know, The Matrix, that movie, I think exemplifies so many aspects of what we're all having to live through on, on such a constant basis, but specifically from the aspect of being an awake individual, clearly only by the grace of God himself and everything that I've experienced over the course of my life and the way that I was just made, is that even in that movie, when the awake individuals are re-entering the matrix, as of course I did in that school board meeting, you know, they, they strap themselves down into that chair and they're physically held in. And then when the rods get crammed into the back of their head or the singular rod gets crammed into them, it's uncomfortable. And that's an aspect of this I think that I, I just want people to understand. I knew that it would be uncomfortable and and that doesn't necessarily bother me. In fact it, it doesn't because this is the this is the ascension of being awake among some individuals who are clearly not. In particular, again, in an environment where there is persistent breakdowns in the way that people operate. They don't even follow their own policies. It doesn't matter the, the simplest nature of their policies. They don't even follow them. Um, but either way, you can see it again in the faces of the people in the movie The Matrix, that when they, when they get crammed in, back into the Matrix and they have to re-enter it, it's uncomfortable for them. And then, of course, if they get damaged in the Matrix, you know, they sort of they sort of start to shake around and if they die in the matrix, well they die in the real world. But what I wanted to do was this. I want to go through their agenda of this board meeting. And then I'm gonna take it right up to my comments. And then I'll play my comments. And then of course the interruption that took place. And them kicking me out. And then I'm going to read actually what I had prepared to read in its entirety. And the other thing, too, about all of this is that when I was sitting through this four-hour school board meeting, I mean, it was four hours long, and I have to say this, too, I was there with the great Jesse James, <clears throat> excuse me, of the Dangerous Info podcast. This man is fearless. He's absolutely fearless. He's got balls of steel, and he's one hell of a guy. And uh, we had a blast. And we had an, an even better time afterwards talking about everything that's, of course, been going on in the world and everything that took place there. We shared a pizza, had a couple of beers. It was a lot of fun. And I appreciate him, uh, you know, taking me there. But uh, either way, what occurred throughout the, the course of this meeting was, I think, just quintessential brainwashing from, from beginning to end. And I was actually heartbroken at some points throughout because I was listening to these parents again consistently beg for their enemy to help them. These are, these are parents who are so dependent on government that they're of course not going to survive because you can't be dependent on government and expect to live. It doesn't work that way. But 
I'm going to do my best again to remember his remember rather as much as I can because there was so much that occurred uh that by the time I spoke I was I mean I was just beat down and you can see it at the table where I'm just you know <laughs> I'm looking at my paper and I'm going Jesus like does no one understand what they're doing here so let me get into this uh as as quickly as I can and then like I said, I'll, I'll do my best to bring up some of the comments that were brought up. And I again, I highly recommend watching it. It's over on my Substack. I've even linked it in the actual text itself. So you can watch the whole thing if you really want to. But it is a case study in the matrix within American K-12 education. There's no doubt about it. These people have no idea what they've done to themselves, the people around them. And again, you have to keep in mind, this is where Ethan Crumbly killed four people. You've got to keep that in mind throughout this entire school board agenda. This is how horrible these people are. So here's what happened first. The first presenter, believe it or not, was the, the, the new female president. I'm sorry, principal. The new female principal of Oxford High School. And by the way, just a quick little side note. Um, I'm going to do my best to not edit any of this. So <clears throat> if I start coughing or clearing my throat or whatever, sorry, it's just going to, it's going to be embedded in this particular episode. But either way, this woman's name is Mrs. Darcia, if I'm saying that right, Beasley is her last name. And here was the presentation she gave, and it was a stereotypical principal's presentation at a board meeting. It was all the good things we do. Look at all the good things we do. Pay attention to us. Here's a bunch of pictures of kids hugging each other and kids wearing the same kind of t-shirt and communism, communism, communism. And then at the end of her presentation, she gave a presentation on an apparent emailed bomb threat that came in to that school either the day before or the week before. Again, <laughs> you can't make this up. And the timing of me being there during all of these presentations that took place in this particular board meeting, which I had no idea that this is what they were actually going to be talking about, was, was just incredible. So... Let me kind of let me go backwards very quickly. Sorry, just to make make one thing kind of well known. When Jesse and I walked in, there's a form there. Of course, they have copies of the agenda for you to take. They have bottles of water, and then there's a little a little card where you can fill it fill it out and sign in your name if you want to be a speaker. They of course ask for your address, your phone number, and all this other information that they don't need. So I just wrote in Dr. Sean Brooks, and then the subject matter. Or you write in the date, and then the subject matter of what I wanted to talk about, I wrote COVID slash school safety. So that was, that was my topic. These kinds of comments, though, for the public, unless you've told them well in advance, earlier in the day, that you want to speak, they save all the comments for last. So it's quite literally like the last thing that they do is the public comment section. There are people who, again, make comments early on, but they've already submitted a request to speak earlier in the meeting and earlier in the day, which is absurd. Um, but either way, back to the principal's presentation. So she gave a presentation, again, about how great their school is, which it clearly is not. And then she gave a presentation on an alleged emailed bomb threat that came in at approximately 7 in the morning to either her email or someone's email in the main office, apparently. I'm going to get some of these details wrong because I wasn't taking notes and, you know, I'm running on memory here, so you're going to have to bear with me. But either way, she was actually almost bragging about it taking them three hours from 7 in the morning until 10 in the morning to actually tell anybody that there was an actual bomb threat in the building that had been emailed to them. This was just an email that was allegedly bouncing around the main office, and then it made its way to the police and the SROs, but no one else was really aware. It wasn't until 
10 in the morning, three hours later, that apparently they got on the PA system and told everybody that there was a threat, but that they've assessed it and that everybody is fine and that they need not worry about it. Something along those lines. Again, <laughs> you can't make this shit up. This is the same school building where four people lost their lives, really, and other people were wounded. And they can't even manage an email bomb threat appropriately. Now, as this presentation was taking place, I couldn't help myself but think, I wonder, and I, it was rhetorical, I knew the answer, whether or not the people in this room understand that the CIA and the FBI will email school districts to purposefully send them into a panic. That this is a thing that they do. Now, there's no way they'd be able to grasp that. But that's a reality. That happens. Three-letter agencies are so embedded in these environments, and most of the people, because it only really takes one, one three-letter agency associate, we'll say, within one of these districts to have such an impact over the entire scheme. Now, they probably can't even understand that it's highly possible that someone in the district knew about this alleged bomb threat before it even happened. Because what happened during the principal's presentation was, is again, she was taking this as an opportunity to try to make it look like they know what they're doing. And in her presentation, it was beyond evident that they had no idea what they were doing. Because what justifies that opinion is what the parents were saying after the fact. When the principal gave her presentation, she quite literally left the building. She was gone. She showed up with a few people, she sat back down, and then they immediately got up and they all left. Her work was done. She didn't want to hear what the public had to say about her response to all of this. And it was, again, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm almost at a loss. The parents themselves were, were shouting from their seats and saying things like, you know, why didn't, why didn't the kids know about this? Why didn't you email or text message the parents? We would have come and picked them up from school had we known. Why did you keep this a secret? They were going for their throats. And they didn't, of course, they don't respond. The school board members don't respond. They just sit there. So that, I mean, that occurred. And that was, that was beyond strange. Um, there was another presentation that had to do with something regarding uh, property that the school district is actually purchasing or had purchased, and now they're building a building there, which is essentially the size of an elementary school, and they're not even going to use it for their own elementary school students. They're going to use it for God knows who. Now, we can take a guess. They're probably going to use it for illegals. They're probably going to use it for some other filtering program where they filter out kids from a number of other buildings and then they bring them into this one in an, in a, basically in an effort to gain more money as much as they possibly can. Again, it's hard for people to comprehend that school districts are in the business of property ownership. They're in the real estate market. This is what they do. And it's one of the reasons and one of the reasons I, I should say that they do this is because they want to try to stay afloat financially. So they purchase property, and then they sit on it. And they wait for some time to pass, and sometimes they sell that property, and sometimes they build on it. But this is a district that doesn't have any money. I mean, they're burning money, and they're just voting to burn more money. This entire project was costing over $5.6 million plus. And they immediately voted it in. A couple of construction guys showed up to sort of answer a few questions if, and, and oversee the presentation that was given by one of the district officials. But it was astounding. Um, more Back to the public comments. There was more, more of this in the public comments, too. And again, this was around the middle of the, of the presentation or basically toward the beginning, certainly after the principal's presentation. One of the guys who I've played audio on the show here of 
he has a you know a, a neck tattoo of a sword on his neck but he's up there and he's again laying into the school board and he's calling them communists and he's calling them associated with the chinese and he's calling them this and calling them that i'm and i'm like yeah you know good for you and i'm sitting in the back of the room and i'm going i wonder if he knows who taught the chinese communism I wonder if he knows who created communism, because it wasn't the Chinese. We know who it was. It was the Jewish lobby. But again, these people, I mean, they, 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 don't, they don't have any grasp of anything that's going on around them. They are quintessential matrix individuals. They're in it. They're in it 100%. Um... There was another present. There were numerous presentations, but again, there was one where of a public comment, rather, where a woman shows up and she's talking about her child, and she's talking about how she keeps sending her child to the high school, and her child is skipping her afternoon classes on a constant basis. Because she has to walk through the hallway where some of, some of, if not all of these students were killed by Ethan Crumbly. Again, wrap your head around that. The mother was quite literally saying, my child's lost and they're in pain and they're traumatized and they're this and they're that. And I'm in the back of the room grinding my teeth saying to myself, what in the fuck is, the, is wrong with you? What is wrong with you as a parent? What does it take for you to understand that this is your fault, that you keep sending your child to this environment? And at the same time, and she said this, she said, I can't believe, or no, what did she say? She said, my kid doesn't know what to do. My kid doesn't know what to do. My, my daughter doesn't know what to do. And just kept saying it over and over and over again to the school board, as if the school board was going to give her an answer. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I taught school long enough, and I've studied human behavior and childhood development and teenagers and mental and emotional disorders long enough and written about it at length in all of my books long enough to know that when a teenager starts saying, I don't know what to do, that's a teenager who's going to take their own life or attempt to eventually. They are slipping down the slope of depression, and toward the bottom of that slope are thoughts of suicide and then action. That particular parent has no idea what they're doing by continuing to send their kid to that building. Not a clue. In fact, no parent knows what the hell they're doing sending their children to these environments whatsoever. They just don't know. Because they don't know when their kid is going to snap. They're breaking their own children. I mean, yes, they did it with the fake mask wearing. Yes, they did it with the social distancing. Yes, they did it with all that ritualized traumatization. That's a word. Traumatized rituals, whatever, however you want to phrase it. All of that stuff was, was perpetuated by parents. Why? Because a stranger on television told them it was real and that they needed to do it. And then a school district told them it was real and they needed to do it. This is, this is the civil war right here. This is the problem. This is the disconnect. And it's also, I should say, Later on, certainly with, with the way that, uh, that I was unceremoniously removed, is that it, it certainly proves the hypocrisy of these people. I thought they were the so-called tolerant ones. I thought that they were the ones that cared about everybody. And then all of a sudden, well, they don't have any answers for anyone who's asking for help. It, it blows me away. Um... More, more about the meeting here. Again, they talked about finances. There was this long, stupid presentation about uh, food service workers and nutrition in the school and how there's no more soft taco day. 
and and why they're doing that and why they think they're going to you know that's going to save them money and it's going to save them time and energy because they don't have the food service workers anymore that they used to have well why is that did you force masks on them did they take the shots are they sick are they dead this is the problem. These people can't connect two dots that are on top of themselves. And then there was this. There was a school safety operation presentation that was given. You can't make this up. I mean, the irony of me being in the room while a school safety presentation is being given. <laughs> it, was, it was too much. It was just too much. By a Dr. Allison Wilhelm, Executive Director of School Safety, Operational Technology, and Student Services. This person is a fool. They're a fool. And they're completely brainwashed. Their presentation on school safety procedure was so long and so boring and filled with so many acronyms that people in the room were falling asleep. Now think of the irony of that. It's a school safety presentation regarding the entire district and how they handle things and all the things that they do and all the good things that they do and blah, 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 blah. And everybody's just drinking it in, but at the same time, they're all upset about it too. Again, these parents can't make up their minds. They want the truth but then they don't want the truth. So she's giving them this presentation. And then at one point, they, the parents start yelling at one of the board members, who apparently is on this school safety board committee with this woman who's giving this presentation. But no one knows who sits on this board or this committee. And apparently they don't take any notes. And apparently they don't publish their notes and what they discussed. And all of this is top secret hush-hush stuff. If school safety is so important, then people should know what it is. And it doesn't have to happen behind closed doors. But here's the joke, and the joke's on them. It doesn't matter how many school procedures, acronyms, programs, company involvement, etc., 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 that they have within their schools, students are still going to get killed because the Ethan Crumbly murder proved that. Him murdering four students proved that. It proved that all your policies, acronyms, and step-by-step -step procedures aren't followed. No one knows what they are. They're too long for anybody to know what the hell to do. People are falling asleep as you're giving the very presentation, and then they don't bother telling anybody who sits on the committee. Whether it be parents, anonymous outside influence. I mean, I have some rather suspicious theories. Three-letter agency involvement, potentially. Not that they would tell people that they're associated with a three-letter agency, because they wouldn't. They would never be like, hi, my name's Greg Richardson, and I'm from the CIA, and I'm here to sit in on your school safety meeting and then report back to XYZ. They're not going to do that. That's not how they operate. I mean, I had students when I taught school whose parents were in the CIA, and these students would show up, and then they'd leave. They'd be gone. Now, how did I know they were in the CIA? They told me. And they were like, I'm not supposed to tell, tell you this because I was told by my parents not to tell you, but, um, you know, my dad works for the CIA and I just wanted to let you know, like, if I end up leaving in the middle of the school year, in the middle of the week, that's why, because we move around, <clears throat> excuse me, we, we move around a lot. I had students tell me that and sure enough, they were gone. They showed up, you know, they were around for a while and then they were gone. A kid wouldn't make that up. But again, regarding three-letter agency influence within these school districts, they've always been embedded in them, and these people don't know that. They don't know. So again, that presentation took place, uh, and that was before the rest of the public comments. Okay, now the public comments at the end of the meeting. Good Lord. 
there was a woman who showed up, and she is a school employee as a school psychologist or social worker, one of the two, or both. Hell, I don't know. Either way, she showed up, and she spoke for, again, well over six to eight minutes. And the limit, of course, is three minutes. But every single person speaking was being given like six plus minutes. They were just going on and on and on about the policies that were being broken, the things that were taking place in the schools that they were finding out about that the school board didn't even know about nor care about nor have an answer for. Because again, there's no question and answer session. But when this woman showed up and sat down and was talking about being the school's psychiatrist or psychologist, rather, and, and being broken, being a broken person, and not knowing if she can come to work, and putting the badge around her neck because she feels like she's associated with the school building and she wants to be, but then she takes it off because she wants to be associated with the sympathetic public. And, and she's, she's caught in this mental game of ping pong back and forth as to where she goes and what she has to do and what she's supposed to believe and so on and so on. Again, having studied human behavior most of my life, and written about it at length. This, too, is a woman who is at her wit's end. <clears throat> Excuse me. She's at her wit's end. She's, re she's literally reaching her breaking point. And she's the school psychologist. She should resign. She should take care of herself mentally and emotionally. She should go do something else. Because this is the person now responsible for, for what? Trying to cope and manage <clears throat> other students, excuse me, within this environment for a variety of reasons that may or may not be associated with the Ethan Crumbly murders? I was listening to her, and my head was in my hands, and I was leaning over, and it was arguably one of the most painful things I've ever heard in my life, but I remember thinking to myself, you're not well enough to work. I mean, you shouldn't even be driving a car. This woman's mind was just, it was gone. And you could tell the trauma and how much she had been abused by everything that's taking place. But this, too, is unfortunately part of the waking up process. And it's harder on some than others. In fact, of course, it's so hard on people, they take their own lives. But at the same time, it was so hard on her that she's looking at her bosses and going, I love my job, but I don't know if I can do this anymore. And, and again, having studied human behavior, that back-and-forth dilemma, that's not even a dilemma. The answer is, she has no business doing it anymore, and she needs to quit. She has to leave. And I understand that that's so difficult for so many people. I've been there. I know what that's like. It's hell on earth. It really is. But if you put your faith in God and you get down on your knees, and you repent, and you beg, you'll, you'll get it. You'll break through it. That's what I did. I broke through it. And again, time is a nice healer as well. And learning is a nice healer. And waking up is a nice healer. But these people are so traumatized that they are again engaging in Stockholm Syndrome. They are going back to their captors, so they think, even though the front door's wide open and they can leave anytime they want, including homeschooling their children using a Becca.com, which again, if your child is old enough to read and write, they're old enough to teach themselves, and American K-12 kids, even in kindergarten, are teaching themselves at home for a few hours a day. And then they walk the dog, and they read a book and they go play outside, and they exercise. They go for another walk, maybe by themselves. They do a thousand different things throughout the course of a day. They cook with one of their parents. Their parents come home from work, one or both of them, legal guardian, whoever it is. 
You have the child explain to you what they learned that day and what they did that day. And you get to do all of this free from all of the government influence and the government brainwashing and the government torture. But they don't know that. They still don't know it. So she gave that talk, and again, it was heartbreaking. It was just heartbreaking. In fact, I would go so far as to say that the two most heartbreaking presentations that night were that employee and then the mother with the damaged daughter who is literally skipping class. And no one's even telling the mother that the daughter was skipping class uh, because she didn't want to walk down the hallway where the murders took place because she became, she was apparently too traumatized. I mean, honest to shit, these parents, you talk about a string of brainwashing that goes from government right down through a family, parents, right into a child's back, and they're all hooked in, and they have no idea they're being yanked around on a constant basis. It is, it is depressing, and that's putting it mildly. So I'm going to play my comments now. Again, I put it on Gab, BitChute, Rumble, and I made a substack for it where, again, I, I broke down a, a few different things that occurred here. I'm going to play the comments, and then I'm going to read you what I had prepared. So give this a listen in three, two, one. Dr. Sean Brooks. Uh, first of all, AmericanEducationFM.com is my website. I recommend that everybody behind me pay attention to that. I'm also the podcast host of American Education FM. You've been the subject of a few episodes, at least. Um, we're all here because of lies, basically. Lies that uh, have been inflicted on all of us, myself included. So let me run down some of those lies. COVID. This is a lie. It doesn't exist. It's fake. So you use it as an excuse for numerous things. There was no pandemic. Don't say pandemic anymore. Get it out of your vernacular. Get it out. There was no pandemic. There was no COVID. The COVID tests, I'm sure you relied on them as a school district like most did. Joke's on everybody. They were recalled in the summer of 2021 by the corrupt FDA. And then they kept them in place for six more months because they were making money on people who were foolish enough to take them. They're predetermined. You can rub a black light over the Binax Now test and it will show you the result. You can run it underwater and it will test positive. It tests for something that doesn't exist. COVID vaccines. Honest to God, it's a biological weapon that was designed by our government and other governments to kill you. If you took it, you have AIDS. This has been proven in peer-reviewed research articles. It's also called VAIDS, Vaccine-Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome. This is why you have six staff members. This is why you have shortages. This is why you have absences, and you're not the only ones. This is very real. It's killing people, endless people. It's sterilizing children. They can't have kids anymore. There's another one. School shootings. The one that happened here was real, and I am sorry for that. But what you don't know is that it is legal for the American media to lie to us over the television and the radio. It's law. They're allowed to do it. The school shootings, by and large, that you hear on your television aren't real. Sandy Hook did not happen. I know you can't. Then leave. Uvalde didn't happen. Nashville didn't happen. And Iowa last month? Iowa didn't happen. This one did. You're being lied to. You're being I'm sorry. See? We are a district that experienced a shooting, and this is very activating. As you can see, a lot of our and families are choosing to leave. I was the front my family stay. There lies the you, problem. You have used your time. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to homeschool your children. You have Please. no idea Thank how you. deep the goes. You have no idea.
Quarter recess. Thank you. Again, for anybody listening who's new to this show, what you don't know, of course, is going to scare you because it tends to, because you've been, again, believing lies for X amount of years or X amount of days or however long it may be from the last thing that you saw or heard that you believed was real when in fact it isn't. The dead giveaway, as a school employee, again, having been one before, that many of these so-called shootings are fake, is in the failure of the policy. You see these policies not get followed. You see wide open doors. You see alarms not going off. You don't see bodies. You don't see blood. You don't see surveillance footage. You don't see a thousand things. And yet, you just believe strangers on your TV. So again, the irony, as I've said before on the show, is that the very environment that used to teach us to not believe strangers, not take drugs, and don't fall for peer pressure, actually engage in all three of those things themselves on a constant basis. This is a huge problem. And again, they blindly believe their TVs. Another school shooting has happened today. Oh my God. But these are the same people who have lied to you about endless things. And the irony again is that the people in that room probably make fun of people who watch Fox News and say, Fox News tells lies. Well, if Fox News tells lies, which they do, because they all do, <laughs> again, that's the, that's the there is no spoon. Stop trying to bend the spoon. Just understand that there isn't a spoon. They all lie. So why would, why would a station like Fox News lie about something but then tell the truth about something else? Why would you not believe them one minute and then believe them the next? In particular, when they all talk about the same subject. Again, whether that be Uvalde, Nashville, etc., etc. Why would you believe all of that then? It's hypocrisy. These people, again, they can't think beyond their, the palm of their hand in front of their face. This is the mass for, formation psychosis. This is, this is what this is. They've been ritualized and traumatized, and they continue to, again, engage in a level of hypocrisy in particular among the left, and let's face it, they're probably all leftists in that room, but that right there proved it. So let me read my full comments and what I was actually going to say before I was rudely interrupted. And uh, of course, as my First Amendment rights were violated, but we don't need to get into that because I don't think they can handle another lawsuit. Rumor has it they have plenty of them as it is. So here were my written comments that I had prepared. Keep in mind, again, having sat through that entire four-hour shit show and clown circus, I, I almost completely abandoned everything that I was going to say. But as you, as you will hear, I only got through, I'd say, a third of what I was actually going to say, much of which I was going to say had to do with homeschooling. So too bad for them. Either way. Here's what I was going to say. I was going to say the following, quote, I was going to reintroduce myself, but that wasn't necessary. Fortunately, I got my website out. Uh, I said AmericanEducationFM.com. I'm the podcast host of American Education FM, where you've all been the subject more than once. I'm going to run through a list of lies that have cost you dearly and continue to cost you. COVID was a lie. There was no COVID. It doesn't exist. Stop saying because of COVID, quote unquote. There was no pandemic. Stop blaming your problems on something that didn't exist. COVID tests are a lie and they test for nothing. They were recalled in the summer of 2021 and they have embedded in them a predetermined result for something that doesn't exist. The COVID vaccines are a biological weapon. They were designed by our own government and other governments to hurt and kill the people who take them. If you took them, you have damaged DNA and a compromised immune system. You have AIDS. That's why you keep getting sick. You know people who are sick. You know people who are dead and everyone's insurance rates are going up. School shootings. Unfortunately, the one that occurred here was real, but the others that have heavily 
that are heavily promoted on TV are fake because it's legal for the media to lie to Americans. Sandy Hook didn't happen. Uvalde, Texas didn't happen. Nashville, Tennessee didn't happen. Iowa from a month ago didn't happen. To anyone in this town, and to the parents who actually lost a child at the hands of Ethan Crumbly, I'm sorry for your loss, but you're misplacing your anger on the Crumbly parents. Jennifer Crumbly and her husband didn't break any law because there wasn't a single law broken that was brought up in trial. Not one. The trial was designed to erode your God-given rights by the prosecutor's office using a motion as leverage. And you were the very participants of that erosion. It worked, and you fell for that manipulation. If you want to hold the school employees accountable, and you want to hold this school district accountable, there are only two ways that gets done. Number one. You file formal complaints against the licensure of the educators, counselors, and administrators involved. That complaint form exists on your Michigan Department of Education's website. You attach the Guidepost Solutions Report to your formal complaint and send it to your State Department of Education. Number two, and most effectively, you unenroll your child from this school district forever and you bankrupt this district overnight. The entire school board would be removed by the state the moment that happens. A diploma from this school district is an embarrassment. You need to use abeka.com, A-B-E-K-A.com, which is the most popular and successful accredited Christian homeschooling program in the nation, grades K through 12. If your child can read and write, they can teach themselves, and endless K-12 students across America do this daily without complaint or regret. If you keep attending these meetings and expecting your enemy to change or begging them to do so, you're foolish and you're wasting your time. Your lack of participation by unenrolling your children is the only way you win, and it's the only way you find peace. The Jewish lobby controls every aspect of American education, and they hire communists on purpose because they invented communism. Your next superintendent will be a communist, or they will take orders from communists and that same lobby. You need to get on Rumble, BitChute, Telegram, Gab, and Substack as social media platforms. This is where you will find the uncensored truth. The next psychological operation is coming. If you fall for it again, and you will, then at this point you all deserve the consequences of what comes with it. Unquote. Now here's why I wrote that and why I was rather specific about those particular things, which again, if I wasn't interrupted, I would have been able to get through all of that, no problem. These people have no idea what Rumble, Telegram, Gab, BitChute, Substack, you name it. They have no idea what those are. Not a clue. Not a clue. They think Twitter and YouTube are, and Facebook and Instagram or TikTok are about all that exist. They have no idea. One click on BitChute and you start looking at the titles of the videos and the videos that are there, their mind will explode. I mean, they'd better have a lot of paper towels around for the cleanup because, again, it's going to explode. The truth exists. It is out there, but they don't know where to go. And I wanted the children of not just that school district, but any school district to know that those platforms exist. They don't know that they exist, which means they're not, they're not being shown the truth about anything. And what you again witnessed in that particular meeting, certainly in the audio, is that, and it was maybe a little bit hard to hear, but there was some screaming and yelling or certainly like oohs and ahs and humps and whatever else you want to call it. But I mean, they were getting up and they were, they were leaving. Um, one of the board members, now uh, basically I'll get into this now. This is basically the aftermath and, and what took place. Because frankly, I got to say this too. 
I wish you could see it from my point of view. I wish that you could see it, see the board members as I was looking at them, because their eyes were as big as saucers when I was, when I was bringing this up. And most of them were looking at me. There's one woman who wasn't really looking at me, and she was the one who flipped out first. And she was apparently re-elected to the school board after the shooting. God knows why. She's a lunatic. She's an absolute lunatic. And this is one of the women who believes endless lies that, of course, is leading to all of your bullshit policies. Either way, there's another board member, by the way, I should mention this too. There's another board member on the hard left. She's a younger gal, but she quite literally hides her face during the board meeting with her hair when she's being criticized. She moves the hair on the right side of her head over the right side of her face. And then she nervously writes on a piece of paper or just scribbles as people are lambasting her for one reason or another. I even had her attention, which was interesting. Because again, these people in this room didn't know who I am. They didn't know that in August of 2021, I gave a viral school board speech that apparently they'd never even seen. So you talk about being dead asleep. They're that asleep. They're that far behind the curve. So from my point of view, the woman on the right lost her shit first when I said Sandy Hook. She lost it. I just can't. And then she, again, and that's when I said, well, then leave. You can leave. Everybody else can stick around. Hell, everybody can leave, and I get to speak in an empty room if I want to. But of course, I was interrupted. That didn't happen. And I'm glad that in the heat of the moment, I managed to get out homeschooling. And using that again as the beacon to get people out of these environments because they are killing people. That's what's going on here. They're physically killing them literally. And then, of course, they're destroying their minds. And this is happening on a minute-in, minute-out basis, on a constant basis. Now, you can see why I left the business. I left the business for reasons just like this. I was wondering why the business was always getting worse, why it was getting busier, why we were always doing more useless shit. And I thought to myself, there's got to be a reason for this. There's no way this is an accident. The administrators in a building all just do what they're told. They all put smiles on their faces. They give bullshit presentations in front of a school board. They're just yes men and yes women. They're not thinkers, clearly, in a, in a school environment. <laughs> Again, the irony. It's palpable. But this continues to be the, the, the larger issue. So. As I'm sitting there, then I get interrupted. Then you see these rent-a-cops come up, and they're all wearing their, I'm a security guard, I'm important. All these onesies, whether they're real cops or not, is irrelevant to me. I could care less. But they surround me on both sides. And there's at least two of them on both sides of me as I turn around and I start to leave. This was hilarious, too. As soon as I turned around, and I looked behind me for the first time. That's when all of these women started standing up and leaving and going, I can't listen to this. This is crazy. And they all just left. There you go. Because running away from the truth is your answer. <laughs> like, like, that's going to solve your problems. Or hearing, hearing something that you can't comprehend is, uh, you know, is my fault. Like, that's my problem. Nope. This is one you have to sleep with. This is your problem. But I turned around, and the guy with a neck tattoo, he's sitting there, and he looks like a deer in headlights. I tried to make eye contact with him to see if he would, and he didn't. He didn't even look at me. He his mouth was open. He looked like he was about to be hit by a freight train. And I walk past, and I keep walking out, because that was my plan. I mean, my plan was to speak and then leave. I wasn't going to sit around and listen to other people's comments. And Jesse James knew this, and we had a plan. I'm going to speak, we're going to walk out, and that's going to be it. So, we started to leave. These rent-a-cops are next to me on both sides. 
all of the parents and these these women have have walked out of the room. So basically, everybody's leaving the room, which made no sense. But they're all leaving. One of these Renacops stands in front of me, and he starts to slow down so that I make physical contact with him. Now, I don't make physical contact with him. I just stop, and I look at him before we walk through the metal detector on our way back out of the building. And I looked at him, and I said, can you get out of my way? And he goes, you got a problem? And I was like, no, I'm trying to leave, and you want me to leave, so there is no problem. I mean, these people are, they're gone. They're gone, ladies and gentlemen. They're gone. I wouldn't let these people babysit a 16-year-old. I mean, they've lost their minds. So I start to walk through the, the swinging doors then that lead to the outside of the building. And all of the women, honest to shit, it was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in my life. They're all huddled together like, like a pack of nervous, nervous mice all together in this, again, you know, this walkway area, you know, this little area in between two swinging doors. And one of them says to one of the Renacops, can you keep him away from us? Speaking about me. And of course, there's only one way out of the building and I'm leaving. So I just started laughing. I just started laughing out loud. And then I, and then I walked out. Both these, again, Renacops are right on me, side by side. One's on my left arm, one's on my right arm. They're not touching me because had they have done that, well, then I'd have sued their asses. And well, something else may have happened. I sure hope not, but they'd have regretted it. Either way, we start to walk back where my chariot is awaiting. And, uh, and they, they stand behind us. They take pictures of this automobile. And then they, uh, and then I throw my water bottles in the back of this, of this pickup truck. And then I turn around and I look at the cops, or actually, sorry, before that. One of the cops who stayed behind, who didn't lead me out into the parking lot, he, he yells, he shouts from the, <laughs> he shouts from above, from behind me. He goes, get the fuck out of here. And I was like, yeah, all right. And I just started laughing. I just kept laughing. And then as I wait, make my way into the parking lot and I'm, and I'm on my way into the automobile, I turn around and I look at the two cops who were behind us. And I just looked at him and I said something like, Go back to the Matrix Boys or enjoy the Matrix Boys, something like that. And they just looked completely confused. I mean, total NPC looks on their faces, like they have no idea what's going on because they have no idea what's going on. And we get in and we drive away. And then again, the conversation that Jesse and I had was just, I, I wish we were recording it. It was incredible. I mean, we were, we were going back and forth about waking people up and what it means and moving the needle and this, that, and the other, and they have to hear it and maybe it'll plant a seed and so on and so forth. And again, I have to reiterate, it wasn't my plan to necessarily wake up anybody in the building. I knew I was going to rip the video off the internet and then move it around so that other people can wake up because somewhere there's a kid out there who needs to hear that. Somewhere there's a parent out there who needs to hear that because they're on the fence. And they're going, I don't know what to do. What do I do? Well, you leave. You liberate yourself. You can't liberate yourself continuing to be in a prison. It doesn't work that way. You have to leave. You have to break free. The problem is, is they don't know that the door to leave is wide open. It's wide open all of the time. They literally think that the door is closed and locked and there's no way out. The exact opposite is true. So, Jesse and I went to get a pizza, had a couple of beers, kept talking about it, sharing stories, and God bless that man. He is a saint. You talk about the armor of God and a godly man. It is Jesse James, ladies and gentlemen. So, <clears throat> make sure and give his podcast a listen. Give him a follow on, on Gab and X and everywhere else. And uh, yeah. But I want to thank the people for the comments and the kind words. I received a bunch of emails and I received a bunch of comments from people. And uh, they know what's going on because, again, they're awake. 
but I would say this, that again, we're all guilty, I think, of, uh, you know, living in this echo chamber to some extent and talking among one another without getting past it and breaking through and plugging ourselves back into the matrix, even for a moment, to try to wake people up. But as we know, when you do that in the matrix, they get very angry, don't they? They get real upset. The old Agent Smiths of the world, which is Satan himself, doesn't like that at all. In fact, when I was done and I got back to the hotel, arguably one of the largest rainstorms and thunderstorms I've been in, and I've been in some doozies, there was a massive one as soon as I got back to my room. It was huge. And it was just pouring rain and the wind was crazy. And I was like, wow, there might be a tornado outside. But again, I have it on firsthand account by both Jesse James and another wonderful lady that, uh, you know, they, they, litter, they litter Michigan with so many flipping chemtrails that they can manipulate the weather at the drop of a hat. But either way, that's neither here nor there right now. But yeah, I have no doubt about that, though. But that right there again, that's, you know, that's part of the problem. That's what's going on. People have got to break free from these environments. I don't know what else to say. And if they don't do it, like I said at the end of my prepared speech, you're going to reap the consequences of what comes with you not waking up and not leaving. You don't need those environments for anything. They offer you nothing. It's the illusion of offering you something that's important. Your life is important. Your mind is important. Your heart is important. And you are important. But if you're throwing all of that away, and you're throwing caution to the wind, and you're blindly asking your enslavers to not enslave you anymore, well, you're barking up the wrong tree, and you're wasting your time. And that has consequences. And they're deadly, as it turns out. So I'm going to end it there. Again, thanks for listening. There might be more details that come back to my mind in the future. I may bring them up uh, just to kind of remind myself or remind you. But again, check out the Substack if you're interested on the American... Uh, sorry, I know my Substack channel. The American Classroom.substack.com. Bounce over there and check it out. I described just a couple of things, but again, I link... In that substack, not only the board meeting, but documentaries about Sandy Hook and Uvalde and Iowa and Nashville. So, yeah. Why don't you watch those, Oxford parents? Why don't you give those a look, students? Why don't you start to learn how you're being lied to and manipulated and how that's legal? Kind of a big deal. So, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, again, thanks for listening. Thanks for the well wishes. I'm doing A-OK. Everything's all right. <laughs> God's on my side. I know that. And it's a beautiful thing because he's, he's beautiful, no doubt about it. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, I'll catch you next week because, good Lord, there's already a ton of stuff. You should see my show notes for Monday. The stories that are, <laughs> the things that are happening in education right now, I shouldn't even call it education anymore. I should just call it something else. But, but the things that are happening are mind-bending, and they're happening at a faster rate. Because keep in mind, it's an election year. If you think the enemy's done by any stretch, they certainly are not. So with that said again, I'll catch you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Peace. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.